Blog Talk Radio. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show for Saturday, December the what, Blondie? Oh, December 19th. December 19th. Absolutely, 2009. I'm your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and your co-host is Brother Blondie. We're coming at you live with fresh news and updates every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. This is the place to be to get heard and to hear what's going on on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. Today we will be talking on an array of subjects. We will be talking about the other side of racial injustice, NAACP updates, and preachers pimping in the pulpit, and most of all, other judicial misconduct concerns. If you got something to say, say it. Stand up, speak up, and speak out. For today, the hot topic is preachers picking the pulpit, and some are under investigation. Brother Blondie will be kicking it off with breaking news on Michael Jackson, Oral Roberts, and the death of a famous football player, Chris Henry, of the Cincinnati Bengals. Brother Blondie will be talking also more on the alleged Cleveland strangler, Anthony Sowell. So, if you have questions or concerns about anything that is newsworthy, contact Brother Blondie at hotmail.com or wclardy at familiesandvictimsoffraud.com or visit the website at www.familiesandvictimsoffraud.com. This is the place to be heard and to hear what's going on right here on the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. We hope to hear from you. You can call in at 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. We will be right back. Thank you. 
that's that's real life. Yeah, well, well, you know, hey, a whole lot of things have happened since Michael Jackson's death. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and so, you know, hey, you know, I guess that's part of life too, huh? Yeah. Hard and, to believe, but it is. And of course, as usual, that story came from BET. And here's another story, Lordy Miss Clardy, that okay. that uh, ESPN's been talking about it all week. ESPN? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yes, because this is a football-related story. Okay. About Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver uh, Chris Hill mm-hmm. died Thursday, a day after falling out the back of a pickup truck during what police said was a domestic dispute with his fiance. Whoa. He died at 6.36 a.m. He was just 26 years old. That's too young. That's yes. That's too young. Yes, uh Henry was rushed to the hospital after being found on the residential road. Police said the dispute began at home. A half mile away, Henry jumped into the bed back of a pickup truck mm-hmm. as his fiance was driving away from the residence. Police said at some point when she was driving, Henry came out of the back of the vehicle. Uh, police at that time had not re- released the 911 tapes, but they since then have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wouldn't say if the woman who police would not identify was present at the scene when the police was arrived. Wow. He was engaged to Lolini Tonga. Lolini Tonga? Yes. Yes, uh, yes, and she is African American. And the couple has been raising three children. Uh, Paige identifies herself as Miss C. Henry and has a picture of her next to the person, next to a person who appears to be Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, uh, he he leaves behind uh, three kids, Lardy, Miss Clardy. And the reason why that I wanted to mention this story, because Man. we we have done shows, Lardy, Miss Clardy, on domestic violence issues. Yeah, we have. And this, this young man has, uh, even though he's Definitely. been in the league five years, he he's been in jail five times. Right. Uh, for the uh, domestic disturbance, drugs, uh, that type thing. Mm. And you know, one of my philosophies I've always said in domestic violence or bad relationships in general, men and women both. If you're in an easier situation for most people to walk away. You need to walk away. Walk away, right? Wait. Uh, Chris, losing no life. Chris Henry should have just left, say, hey, no marriage. It's over. I'm tired of fighting. Uh, play that Gerald LeVert song from the LSG <laughs> CD called. Well, Gerald LeVert did do a song from the LSG album called Checks in the Mail. Okay. You know that, yeah. I mean, you well, you 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 know, football player, three kids, child support is easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. I mean, you you, you know, again, yeah. when you when yeah. you're in an easier when you're in an easier situation to move on, uh, let's uh, just just do it. I mean, uh, you're an athlete. That should be easy. Nike tells you to just do it all the time, don't they? Mm-hmm. And last mm-hmm. but not least. I guess we're going to kick it off with the so-called preachers pimping in the pulpit. A legend has died. Yes, yes. 
Oral Roberts. How old was he? Ninety something. He was ninety one years old. When he died, I I remember as a kid growing up back in the day when we only had one TV and it was <laughs> four, six, and ten. And after my oh, mom, you remember that? oh yes, I I, I look. We barely look, had color. Yeah, you look. You you remember the shows which you watched when you had no other choice because mom wanted to watch it. Uh-huh. And, and, and after she watched Eddie Saunders yeah. and his sermon, she turned to Oral Roberts and and I and I used to always hear his son Richard start off the program singing that song. God is greater. <laughs> and, uh, That's all right. Yeah, you yeah. remember that? Yeah. Well, that, that you must have interested. You must have interested in that song to remember that. I mean, well, uh, yeah. I mean, because because you know you you always remember the things when you have no other. True. I mean, you, you 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 don't remember really your choices, but you do remember the I don't have no other choice. What right. my mom says go. Right. And right. and and what I remember the most and and. And 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 this is where I dispute the word pimp. Now, in 1987, uh, uh, Lardy, Miss Clardy, uh, uh, Or Roberts uh, said that God told him that if he doesn't receive a certain amount, millions of dollars, eight, nine million dollars, that God was going to take him away. And apparently. Someone was actually stupid enough to get this man eight million dollars, which turned out you now you you want to talk about fraud, Marty Miss Cardi? Even though he got that eight million dollars for that to keep to keep the medical center going. Yeah. Two years later, it's still closed. It's still closed. So where did the money go to? I mean, who, who 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 knows? But but uh, you you, hey. you you know or but. Again, Or Roberts must have lived a good life because well, not too many people live to see 91. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I must so, give it to that God gave him a long life. And, and, and he was a long life. He, he was survived by four children and his wife, Evelyn. Mm, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. We give our hats off to Or Roberts, even though they over here talking about that you wanted the biggest pit in pulpit. Okay, you know, but nevertheless, you know, we uh, we're just saying, you know, we we, we thank you for the word of God, however it was coming. <laughs> well, uh, you 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 know, I'll let you uh, start off then, Lordy Miss Cardi, with the so-called preachers pimping in the pulpit, because because I gotta ask you, how 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 can he be pimping? Hey, well, they, listen, I took and I did some research, right? And I went on WordPress.com, and what I found was a article that was written by Coach Dave Daubenmeyer, or Daubenmeyer, and he is, uh, he is a personality and a minister uh, for a uh, radio um, um, station or a radio called um, Pass the Thought. Okay, and he wrote this particular article. And if you don't mind, you guys out there, I am going to read this. And you know, and, and forgive me if you know um, uh, it's taking too long, but this is going to be important in the argument of, about preachers pimping 
in the pulpit, okay? Now, he has asked the question. He, coach, I'm going to call him coach. He has asked the question, which Jesus do you follow? He said in 2 Corinthians 11 and 4, for if one comes and preaches and uh, preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you bear this beautifully. And he goes on to say that the topic or the, uh, uh, the, the beginning of this particular article is called Christian Pimp, a hard word. Yep, this is what he's calling it, Christian Pimp, a hard word, okay? And he quotes, okay, Christianity started in Palestine as a fellowship. It moved to Greece and became a philosophy. It moved to Italy and became an institution. It moved to Europe and became a culture. It came to America and became an enterprise. This is by Sam Pasco, okay? And he is saying in here, an enterprise, that's a business, okay? A business, but isn't it supposed to be a body? I could not envision where this line of questioning was going. And the only response I could think of was, yes, she continued. But when a body becomes a business, isn't that a prostitute? As told by David Riser. okay? I've been fighting. Now, this is Coach. He's, he's, he's sitting here, and he's... Uh, writing this, okay, and he's thinking, and this is what he's saying. I've been fighting for a long time the prompting of my inner man to take on this subject. Although I have chewed around the edges like, like I used to do as a child when I would break off the crust from a hot homemade apple pie in attempt to appease my hunger without my mother finding out. I never really stuck my thumb into I have been a sellout. This is what the coach is saying. A pimp, if you will, not on purpose. It is easy to justify our lack of courage when confronted with difficult issues. I try to faithfully deliver the mail as the Lord hands it to me, but I have been negligent by eating the crust out of fear of spoiling the pie. You see, I have pulled my punches. I have softened the blow. I have spanked with a newspaper when they deserve the belt. I have sold out on the truth. And I, I have not called a spade a spade. I have nibbled at the crust when I should have been hammering the pie. I have taken the be nice approach and have listened to the touch not God's anointed mentally. I have prostituted the truth. For that, I'm sorry. Oh, my intentions were good. I had hoped that as I exposed the unfruitful works of darkness, 
that the churches would eventually awaken and begin to push back against the enemy. After 10 years of trying to awaken the church, quote unquote, to the problem, I have finally mustered the courage to say what I have known all along. The church is the problem. This is what he's saying. He's saying the church is the problem. I finally mustered up the courage to say what I have known all along. The church is the problem. I'm saying that a second time, y'all. It has become a pimp, selling the works of the body, the personal satisfaction. Most of the pulpits are filled by hirelings, quote, unquote. More on, on that subject in the future commentary. Men and women who stand in the pulpit without a calling, without an anointing, and without courage, they are man-pleasers living off the body, quote-unquote, as they sell it out for their own whims and pleasures. Greedy dogs, Isaiah called them, blind watchmen, loving to sleep, leading the flock astray. Not all of the churches, if you are a pastor and have read this far, this far, then I'm probably not talking about you. I have met many courageous men who boldly live out the command to lead them out, quote, unquote. You know who you are. You are the ones who have been criticized, belittled, and called names by the pimp in the pulpit at the big church downtown. You see, to him, the church is a business, an enterprise, a social club totally dependent on bucks and bucks. It is a place to make business contacts, network with others in the community, and soothe one's conscience through weekly attendance. Empathy, um, it is no different from a whorehouse where a woman's body is sold for the pleasure of another. Loveless intercourse is prostitution. Most churchgoers love the service that Jesus provides. Membership has its privileges. But don't really know the Jesus who provides it. I'll be honest. I've been afraid to say some of these things for fear of alienation even even more pastors. I was afraid that my harshness might alienate those frozen chosen, quote unquote, pastors and eliminate opportunities to minister to their congregation. That's where I have pimped out my call. The pastors are not the answer. They are the problem. Instead of cleaning out Congress, perhaps, we should start by cleaning out the pulpit. Judgment began first in the house of God. America is a reflection of the church, and the churches are a reflection of the pulpit. It's time to throw the bombs out, even if they do hide behind the touch, not my anointed. When a football team is underperforming, who gets the boot? Yes, the coach. Allow me to be frank as I cut to the chase. Pick up your family and get out of the mausoleum you are attending and find a place that serves the Lord. I 
how many generations your family has been a member, how many pews your family has uh, your family has donated, and how many of your friends attend. Sitting on your butt every Sunday is not serving the Lord. It is the Lord serving you. The feel-good gospel is a friend. Now, I'm going here, you know, because, uh, gee whiz, because when I read this, this was really, really hard for me to really uh, swallow. So I, I'm, I'm reading this to you, okay? So I'm going to read it, all right? He says here, Sitting on your butt every Sunday is not serving the Lord. It is the Lord serving you. The feel-good gospel is a fraud. Jesus taught self-sacrifice, not self-fulfillment. Greater love has no man than this, than he would lay down his life for his friend. Love demands sacrifice. What have you sacrificed for your faith? You are engaging in spiritual warfare, living off the efforts of others. Start fighting back by no longer giving them your money. Don't allow them to hit you over the head with all your tithes into the storehouse. Hammer without asking yourself some very important questions. What is a storehouse and what is its purpose? What does the scripture mean? by me in my house. And who is he for? Are the families in your church who are losing their homes? Is that not who the meat in the house was stored up for? Or were the storehouse funds used for a new parking lot? Is the purpose of the tithe? By the way, my wife and I believe in tithing to pay senior pastors, associate pastors, youth ministers, worship leaders, and secretaries to do ministry? Can't you tie different places? Did the New Testament church teach the concept of professional Christians, or were the elders of the church also tent makers? Does me in my house mean bigger buildings, paid parking lots? And padded pews, is your church experiencing a budget crunch right now because they have eaten the meat that should have been placed in the storehouse? I know. Let them eat blacktop. Hmm. Is, is the purpose, is storehouse money supposed to be spent on the already converted or on seeking and saving that which is lost. What percent of your church budget goes to missions, as if that is a separate job? Comparison to utilities, paper, salaries, and operating expenses. Don't stop giving, just change where you give. Find a ministry that is using the money to reach out to the community and spend your time there. Remember, it is the Lord's house into which your finances are to be offered, not some social club to which your tithe is nothing more than monthly dues. It is time you asked yourself if the Spirit filled the wells in your church. 
coach is saying that his wife and uh, and himself have spent the last few weeks reading the book of Acts in, in their morning devotionals. And they said, we should do the same. Uh, they said, they spread the gospel around the world to great personal peril and sacrifice. The self-serving American church is a pathetic stepchild to Christian founding fathers. Most churches love money, chase money, compromise over money. A pastor in New York was just fired from his $600,000 salary. The national average for pastors is $84,426. No wonder they won't speak against sin. Why not include those wealthy homosexuals in the congregation? People have asked me to start a church. Now, this is Coach talking. He's writing this article. He said people have asked him to start a church. And he said, I told them the truth, that they are nuts. Truth in these churches, it doesn't feel them. My friend Flip Benham says guys like me would be the Dr. Korvakian of church growth. What man of God would want to wipe noses when he could fight evil? No thanks. At least on the streets, I can recognize the enemy. <laughs> And then he goes on to say, and as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitude concerning John. Now, this is a quote. What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind, but what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses, the pent are the ones wearing the nice clothes. Funny, isn't it? The pimps in the pulpit accuse street, street preachers of being undignified. What did Jesus say about the ultimate street preacher, John the Baptist? Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Now, he's saying all these things, and I'm just reading it to you, Okay. Take the time to read what Jesus had to say to the religious pimps of his day. We are heading next week to do ministry, he's saying, work on the streets of Las Vegas. That's right. We are Christian street walkers. <laughs> now, you probably won't find me speaking in any churches anytime soon. And he goes on to say, now he's saying, this is who he is. Coach, now, I was saying earlier that Coach Dave Devemeyer is host of a high-octane pass-to-thought radio show heard in Columbus, Ohio. And in 1999, Coach Devemeyer was sued by the ACLU for praying with his team while coaching high school in Ohio. Now he spends his energy fighting for Christian principles in the public domain. Now, I have read all of that, and... I had come to the conclusion, and thinking back even over my life, the things that I have seen. Like one time I was at a church, and I had been given my tithes and everything there, and I had asked a pastor uh, to let me see his, um, his uh, uh, you know, his, what do you call those, um, 
uh, I needed to see his rules and regulations of his church. And he pulled out where I was able to see that uh, that where there was money coming in that you know some that most of us in there could get uh, money or to get a bill paid or so forth. But it wasn't nothing but like a couple of months or so afterwards where I could help. So I went to the pastor and asked him for, you know, to pay a couple of utility bills for me, although that I had been paying time. You know what this pastor told me? He said, now I can do this for you. Tell nobody or everybody will be asking. Whoa. I mean, Lord and Miss Cardi, I get what Coach is saying. You get it? Somewhat. Now, I agree in terms of there are some things preachers uh, do that they shouldn't be doing. Some preachers spend money on things they shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. You also have preachers who commit adultery like Mm -hmm. the Reverend Jesse Jackson did. Yeah. But this is where I have to disagree with the word pimp. Why? There's a difference between a preacher and a pimp. Okay. And, and I got proof. The proof, the facts, and the evidence proves it's impossible for, for a preacher to pimp. Excuse me. You better go back and look back in your history with your own self. With, you know what? Let's put it like this. You know, people, many are called, but few are chosen. Let me tell you something. Before you, there are some people that never transcend into being a spirit man or to fully yield to the will of God. You know, you got some of those that go in the water being the devil or come out of the devil. And what they did when they was out there on the street, you understand what I'm saying? You know, they do the same thing. They just flip it over and, you know, make it look good, you know, in order to make money off of it. It does happen. Then how come I've never ever, and and excuse me for saying this, Lord and Miss Cardi, but I've never heard a preacher say, the bitch better have my money. Uh, No. I've never heard a preacher say, I've never heard a preacher uh say, you better have, they, they ask. They no, ask to I, give an offer. It's, it's up to you, though, uh, what Martin is calling. Wait a minute. Let me, let me clarify that. Just as I said before, you know, anybody that want to research a way to make money, you understand what I'm saying? Okay. They ain't got to do the street things that they used to do. They know if they go into a church, even the devil, Satan knows this, you know what I mean? He knows the word just like a regular person on the street would know the word if they want something out of it bad enough. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm saying to you is that to look at them like they have converted over into, you know, church, uh, church uh, language, you understand what I'm saying, is not to say the, the foul word that you use, the beer, which don't say that no more because we ain't going to go there. Because it's not necessary to go there like that, okay? But what that B word is where you convert them from street language to to religion language. You understand? And a person that is from the street, and even though they're trying to find a way to make money, and as I said before, some go in the water as devils and come out still the same. They do it all the 
next mistake. You understand what I'm saying? In their lifetime. You know, everybody do. It's not what you do. It's how you do it. And, you know, and I'm going to say this. The word was never meant to be sold. And so when he talks about picking the body of Christ, it's, you know, selling the word to get the money, whether it's tithes, offerings, seeds, uh, you know, or using special parts of the scripture to be able to make a point across. The point is, it's not what you do, how, what you do with the money, it's how you do with the money. Now, that, okay, okay, that, that, that part I do agree with. But another thing what separates a preacher from a pimp, mm-hmm. now, think about what you said. You, you, when you, you was behind on bills, you gave your tithes, one preacher to uh, uh, pay, pay it off. Oh, there's somebody that's on. Oh, there's somebody that's on this. Uh, uh, that's on the line. Let's let's see what they think about it. Okay, uh, caller six two seven two with the area code of four one nine. You're on the line. What you got to say about you hearing us talk about this? But I would like to hear your side of it. Tell us something. Speak up. Stand up. Speak up and speak out. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know, can I be heard? Hey, come on and be honest. Come on, Kevin. Come speak on. your mind. Come on. Hey, you, preaching and pimping is the same thing. I agree yeah, with you. Truth. How? And now, he's going to tell you how. He's I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to tell you how. You ready to hear it? You sure you ready to hear what I got to say? Well, you got something to say? Say it. Okay, preaching and pimping is the same thing. I'm trying to get it out there. Preaching and pimping is the same thing. They both stay clean. Pardon me? Tell us why. I'm about to. They both stay clean. They buy gasoline. They drive shiny new cars, and they lean. You do as they say, not as they do. You You pay your tithes, and bitch better get my track. What's the difference? They got manicured hands. They live better than anybody in the congregation, and they really don't do nothing. They all use the scripture to promote their own personal agenda. That's why right. you started out with the, you started out with the Christian religion. You said the Bible Christianity was born in Palestine, moved to Greece, went to Rome. From Rome, you said it spread across Europe. From Europe, it came to the New World, and you know what that ended up with. 630-plus Christian denominations, 630-plus Christian denominations. Now, how can that be right? How could that have happened? That happened because every time someone had a personal agenda or disagreed with the first doctrine, they broke off and started another church on their own, starting out with Martin Luther from the Protestant Reformation. Okay, but it goes ahead beyond that. You know, there was a time that the original Bible is written in Hebrew and Greek. And when the first man, his name was, uh, 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 I think it was Winston Tinsdale, but I know his last name was Tinsdale. He was an Englishman. Okay. That was the first man to begin to translate the Bible from, in, from Greek and Hebrew to English. The problem is there is no word-for-word translation from the two languages of Greek and Hebrew to the English language. Therefore, he embellished on the scripture. 
Now, the problem with that was, by the way, the man was burned at the stake for doing so. The problem was that the clergy decided to use, they, 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 they held their sermons or their mass at the time in Latin or Greek or Hebrew, where the people in Europe couldn't even understand it. So when, when Tyndale, who was a scribe for the church, began to translate the Bible to where everyone can read it, that's when people began to form their own opinion and agenda or interpret the scripture the way they saw it, which in reality, okay. isn't that what God wanted? So they say, if you believe. Okay, because your relationship with God is, is personal. All right, and, and you're absolutely right. It's very personal. So, but Brother Blondie want to have something to say on it because, you know, he's sitting over here with his eyes, you know, all rounded out and carrying on, you know, because he can't believe what he's listening to. But, you know, give him a chance to say something. Go ahead, Brother Blondie. You know, here's, here's the reason why I think it's impossible for a preacher uh, Pippin in the pulpit. Preachers ask for money. Pimps, they demand. They give. They, they tell you better have my money. And another thing that a pimp does that I never heard of any ordained minister doing, do. Now, when a prostitute gets in trouble with the law and gets arrested, she can call on her pimp and her pimp's going to bail her out of jail. I ain't never heard of any ordained minister of any kind bailing their church, one of their church members out, out of jail once they get in trouble with the law. But now, see, what preacher you, you know does that? Anybody. I'm going I'm to say this because, see, you're looking at the thing as a physical aspect. You're looking at it through physical eyes. When we talk about Put your mind, put your mind in the mind of God. It's not basically, you know, looking at it as like from a physical point of view. You have to see it as it really is, because words are like two prongs. Um, um, it's like it's like a double standard. You understand what I'm saying? It's a two pronged fork, and so words can be double pronged. You know, now just because the pastors are not saying, and I'm not talking about all pastors, but I'm talking about those that have used the word. They use the word in such a way, it's called persuasive speech. You understand what I'm saying? To be yes. able to persuade the congregation to believe that the word that they're speaking is for real. And it's the same as it could be as a, as a pimp telling his woman, you better get my money. He persuades her to be fearful to go get it. They do the same thing with the word, make you fearful of what the word can bring and to make them give. You understand what I'm saying? I understand that part, but you're still leaving out the fact that when you're in a pimp's house, his door is locked. You ain't going no doggone where. Where when you in the house of God, that door is open. No, you no. don't. You still sit you, there. You you right, but you, you don't have to sit to, uh, sit there. There's a door. You can get up not and leave. Are you sure about that, Brother Blondie? Wait a minute. Not everybody feels that way, 
Brother well, maybe everybody should. No, well, this is why the conversation is being brought up. This is why uh, Coach Gobbermeyer had was saying, you know, that, you know, the family, we don't care if you done had your ancestors being there and have paid money to agree to the suit. You should get out. You know what I mean? If, you know, your your pastor, if you starting to see that you can't even get your monthly bill paid, uh, you know, or big, uh, something happened to you really, really bad, and, you know, they can't even help you, but yet they ask them for money two or three times out of a, a, a okay. Wednesday and Friday. Right. On, on, that, on that note, on that note, Lordy, Miss Cardi, those things I agree with okay, you well, a billion percent well, we're on. Talking about on. We, we're talking about the pimping part. If you want to, if you, if you want to, uh, uh, Bring and bring a definition to pimping. There is a word to say that by any means they get it. They gonna get there. I mean, but by any means necessary, they so, gonna get there. So now, okay, but let me ask you this, Lordy Miss Cardi. Now you yourself is a minister. No, don't put me. So in. are you? Wait, no. no. Stop right you don't want to talk about preaching Wait in the pulpit. Stop right there. See, because I don't go by title. I am one that come and bring. I'm the step up, speak up, and speak out. I am not one that is for to stay silent when I see things happening to the community of people or to, you know, personal people that's in my life or people that I run into that are hurting. You understand what I'm saying? My job is to educate and bring something to the table in order for them to get out, not keep them in. See, the lie is to, is to make you believe that you can't get out, not let you do this. But there is a way out, and the way out is telling it like it really is, and this is what we're doing. This is a ministry. Even that I am doing is a ministry. It is not about me, and it's not about a title. And this is what we're here to do is to bring what what the the larger picture of victimization and fraud is all about. And if we need to bring forth things that people don't talk about, which are very, very, because uh, it's hurting people's lives, hurting their spirit, and just dragging them down, and the people that's giving up their money, and they ain't even got money to give. How about those women that's got children and ain't got no man, and they ain't got no money, they're on welfare, and they're trying to get the word of God? Holy Spirit, you know, let me just speak. You know, and I'm saying to you is that, you know, you have to look at all dynamics before you take and, you know, uh, 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 speak on the situation because you've got to look at all the dynamics. Yeah. I'll come back to you, um, caller, in a second here. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to put you back on because I know that there's more that you have to say, and then we're going to push around and give you two minutes, and then I need you to stay on because there's more to this than meets the eye that will break down, you know, uh, the questions that our brother Blondie has about this. Now, next week, some point, I'm going to find a, a reverend, you know, that will come and support the things that I am saying because, see, this is about people, uh, this is about pastors and prophetesses and different things like that that's got 
multi-million dollar homes and two, three million dollar uh, uh, cathedral churches. Now, now hold on, but I, there is a way that this is going to be done, and let me let me divide it, and I'm gonna divide it rightly tonight, and I ain't gonna take a whole lot of time to do it either. But Carla, I want you to you know say what you have to say. I'm gonna give you two minutes, and then I'm gonna go on to the to the next uh, article because it will stand to tell what I was reading in the first article. Okay, well, you know, I want to just address or respond to where he was trying to say, you know, uh, a pimp makes a prostitute pay him, but in reality, so does a preacher. You know, when he badges you with what he calls to be the scripture and then tell you that your soul is destined for eternal damnation if you don't. So what is the difference? Like you were saying, he may not do it physically, but he can put that mental whipping on you. And it's the same thing. That's what a sermon is. It's the same thing because they promise you that if you do, that exactly. Exactly. It's a head game. Sin is nothing but ignorance. And if you have no knowledge, like God said, our people perish for the lack of knowledge. And if you don't know that the sin that you do is is a reward for the pimp or the pimpette, you understand what I'm saying? They ain't going to get their residuals off of your sin. But are you trying to tell me that the likes of a Joyce Meyer, Bam Crawford, Juanita Bynum, Creflo Dollar, uh, uh, Jimmy Swagger, the Jim and Tammy Faye, uh, uh, Bakers, are you uh, TDJ? Are you telling me all these all these uh, well-known ordained ministers are accused of pimping? I, you know, I'm going to give you, yes, they are. And let's stop right there. Yes, I agree 100%. Yes, they are. And I'm getting ready to show you. It's coming out of the PineHillsNews.com. And this is what they said. Now, I ain't going to take a whole lot of time, but I'm getting ready to read this to you. They say in here, big money preachers are thriving in Orlando. In Orlando, they got big cars, live big houses, live in big houses. They are also big disappointments. Throughout West Orlando, big churches with opulent facades, facades, and plush carpets and glistening chandeliers stand as monuments to the successful preacher who has mastered the art of fleecing his congregation. He goes on to say, like. Predators, they feed off of their members, petitioning them with directives like tithing and sowing seeds. Sadly, poor single women who fill their pews every Sunday hang on to their every word while languishing in poverty. Here in West Orlando, there are several big-name preachers that have been the subject of gossip and rumors, scandals associated with sex, money, infidelity, infidelity and nepotism proliferate, okay? Quietly in hushed voices, many churchgoers complain about the excesses of their church but refuse to abandon their pastors. In 2007, Zachary Tim was called, caused a lot of buzz, but here in Orlando there has been a little public discussion. Last year, Fox 35 did carry a news story reporting that Tim's was stepping down as head of the New Destiny Christian Church or Center, okay? And then there's another one. 
forum is www.tboforum.com. And then he goes on to say that while there is no hard evidence to confirm or dispel any of the rumors surrounding Tim's and his church, you know, the speculation continues. A large part of the rumors are generated because of lack of response and the hush-hush nature of scandal. Now, he goes on. The prosperity of churches are headed by pastors who call themselves prosperity preachers. Many of them have enriched their, themselves beyond their wildest imagination. Some of, of the excesses are so outrageous that Washington politicians are now calling for the IRS to investigate. Now, here he talks about Kenneth Copeland and Gloria Copeland, okay, as, uh, who have Kenneth Copeland Ministries of Newark, Texas, a $20 million organization and prosperity gospel pioneer. Questions were raised about the transfer of church assets for a profit for a profit company, Security Patrol, Inc., a $1 million loan, loan from Gloria Copeland to the group, and a personal gift of more than $2 million given to Kenneth Copeland to mark the ministry's 40th anniversary. And then he goes on to talk about Crespo and Kathy Dollar, a World Changers Church International and Crespo Dollar Ministry in College Park, Georgia, says that they're, at, they're asking, uh, Grassley's letter is asking for records on private claims, board makeup, compensation, and donations and love offerings to, vis to visiting ministers. They talk about Benny Hinn, where they're asking about the use of his uh, private jet uh, home in Dana Point, California, and layover church while traveling on ministry business. Then you've got Bishop Eddie Long. Uh, he was questioned about his salary of $1.4 million real estate transaction and whether he and, his, and, and not the board hold sole authority over the organization. Joyce Meyer and David Meyer, they said who was quizzed about receiving donations of money and jewelry and the handling of cash from overseas crusades. They were also asked about expenditures that ministry, headquarter, at ministry headquarters, including a 30,000 conference table and a 23,000 commode, dollar commode with a marble top. Randy and Paula White, okay, which, you know, they're talking about them, where they're talking about they're being asked about home purchases in San Antonio, Texas, Malibu, California, and New York credit card charges for clothing and cosmetic surgery, and the reported purchase of Bentley convertible as a gift for T.D. Jakes, a prominent Texas preacher and televangelist. Now, they're saying crooked pastors are nothing new. What is new is the depths to which they have gone to enrich themselves so this is what it's saying in the, in the title of Pastor Tithe and Reverend Gimme, okay, Pippin from the Pulpit in Orlando. And this is coming out of the, the, the PineHillNews.com. What you got to say about that? Now, here it is well, on here. Well, I definitely got something to say on the investigations on Creflo Dollar and uh, uh, Joyce Meyer. Yes. Those investigations are misleading. Now I not, now I did my research on on uh, that. They didn't start investigating Creflo Dollar 
until he received a $4.3 million donation from former heavyweight champion Evander Holyfield. Okay. My, now, my question is, is... They still what, pay taxes. Okay, well, yeah, but, but, but would I... Okay, would, would I question families and, and victims of fraud just because they, they received a 4 or $5 million uh, donation from a famous athlete or celebrity, and they have no business in, in investigating Joyce Meyer just because she, she has NFL star Kurt Warner and, and, and on the seat on the board of directors? Heck yeah. Now, and I'm going to answer the, about the questioning of the families and victims of fraud, especially if you ain't getting paid and you see me lavishing and you doing all your hard work, you know, to give your part of, you know, helping in the ministry, and but you see me floating around in a Bentley, you know what I'm saying? You see me, you know, all all gucci out and whatever. You think you ain't going to dag or ask questions? Oh, I'm going to ask uh, ask questions, but at the same time, time, uh, uh, why is it that it's okay for a drug dealer to be rich but not an ordained minister? And it ain't okay for a drug dealer to be rich. They get caught too. I mean, but they glorify it. And, 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 uh, and I, either, either. Now, I do understand, Lordy Miss Clardy, that there are a lot of preachers who do mishandle the money, money and all that stuff. The biggest problem that yours truly, Brother Blondie, has with uh, uh, preachers, whether they receiving the money legitimately or not. A lot of these preachers are not following the Wendy Clardy playbook and work in these grassroots. I don't. I don't see now. Now have a whole bunch of churches in black communities, yet none of them are standing up, speaking up, and speaking out. Against these process, uh, against prostitution, against the drugs that be uh, 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 out in the communities, they're, they're not speaking out against these fights. Fights, in fact, in in fact, this past Wednesday, when I went to a town hall meeting at the Lincoln Theater, only three ordained ministers showed up for that one. I mean, because a lot of them got their daggone hands in the cookie jar. Hey, caller, you got something to say on that? Hello. Yes. Um, well, actually, I, I was just, you know, just really listening. Um, I, I think it kind of, kind of went off from where that original question was to me, anyway. Um, Go ahead. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see. Uh, you know, you say all these churches out there, but they're not doing nothing in the community. They only doing to benefit themselves and their congregation. And then, like you said. Are they really helping the congregation that's pouring all their money in? I don't see that. You know, actually, the original church says that the, the clergyman was to give up all of their material uh, items, all the materialistic things. You see, now, regardless of what you think of the Catholic church, a priest does not live in a $2 million home. And he don't drive big fancy cars. You'll see a priest on public transportation. Okay, it's after you, like I was telling you, from that breakdown, after you go from one denomination to the next denomination, when they're using that scripture, that gospel for their own agenda, then it's all right for them to have those millions and millions and millions. Are you paying attention to what 
the so-called Christian right or the leading clergymen in America are doing to stop this health care bill, which more people need than not? And that is a form of pimping. They are pimping the American public, the narrow-minded American public that allow them to stand up and say, that this part of your health care bill is unchristian because it'll cause this. Or, in fact, there was an article where Chuck Norris, I just saw it on the Internet the other day, Chuck Norris says that the health care bill as it is right now would kill the baby Jesus. Are you kidding me? As if that is actually relevant to us having or needing a health care system right now. No, I'm serious. Are you familiar with the family? The C Street family? You never heard of them? No. C Street in Washington, D.C.? The house where all the police... Yes. Caller, you you mentioned uh, Chuck Norris. Are you talking about Chuck Norris as in former... Texas Ranger, karate man Chuck Norris. That's right. That's right. Yes, I am. But he's not the only one. Are you are you not paying attention to what's going on with this health care bill that can't be passed, okay. that should have been passed months ago, that's being held up by a now-minded right-wing Christian America? These people that's calling for the head of our president, not because he's doing wrong, but because of the color of his skin, and they call themselves Christian, yet they can get millions of people behind him with that same ideology calling themselves the Tea Party, you know, that same group. All these people use the Christian agenda. It's like, I, and you say, how can you say they pimping? Just, there's all the examples. Open the paper. Turn to CNNBC or, or watch the news. Get off of American Idol. Let, let's forget about do you think you can dance. Turn on your news channel. And not Fox News, by the way, but then again, maybe you should watch Fox News so you can hear the idiotic comments being made by these people who will in the same breath tell you that they're Christian. So they're getting it from this pastor and that pastor. Actually, what's his name? Rupert Murdoch, the owner of Fox News. He's allowing all this nonsense. He himself has, has tried to use scriptures to uphold or defend the behavior of the commentary that's on his network. Yet you say there's no preaching and, and pimping, that there's no correlation between the two? It's mind control. Pimping is mind control, and so is religion. And you pick the religion. Let's not just pick on the preacher. Let's pick on the Ironman that can get dude to fly planes in the buildings or blow himself up. Okay, let's think about whomever, the rabbi that can, that can speak from his Torah or, or, or whatever the Jewish Bible is called and, and can get his army to fight across the desert against two nations. Okay, it would... And let's take it home. What about the Pope? Shoot, he's powerful. And it would be a serious, you know, holocaust. Well, you listening to what the Pope, the, the, the Pope is part of the problem. Okay, take uh, the, the, the Kennedy. Uh, I believe he's, uh, I think he, he serves in Connecticut, where the Catholic Church has barred the man from communion. The Arch Cardinal of the Northeast region 
has barred this Kennedy, I can't remember his name, he's one of the younger Kennedys, from receiving communion. By the way, they Catholic. By the way, I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school. I'm not just stomping on the Bible. I have religious studies as a part of my curriculum five days a week. So, but in time, in growing up, in becoming a man, in opening my eyes and seeing the world, it's not hard to see that religion, Religion is responsible for more inhumane acts toward mankind and any and everything else combined. Okay? okay? People use it for their own agenda. Pick the religion. I have a very important question to ask both, uh, both of you this. How is it that a preacher can convince you into donating your money quicker then he can convince you to follow the laws of the Bible. Guess what? He don't get a nickel of my money. He can't convince me. That's for the weak-minded. That is what they call a tool that they use to keep the masses docile. I mean, it is the instrument of fear that he used. Convince someone to give money quicker than, than, than he can convince a gay person to go straight. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. See, you sound as just as foul and offensive as they are. You know, how do you convince a gay person to go straight? I mean, as if it's a choice. Is that what you're saying? That's what they say. That's what they say. See, they got you. See, you defending them, but it's obvious to me today that they got you. Now, all those words, uh, hey, hey, look, I, I'm not being disrespectful, but you being pimped. You being pimped. Okay, now hold up now because, see, you both, both of you can't talk at the same time. So so I'm going to let uh, Brother Blondie take, take a word in. And all I'm going to say to this is that, you know, everything is a choice. Right. Everything. You make choices for, in everyday life. God gave you the freedom and the will to make choices. And any of you that do make choices, you have to deal with the consequences of the choices. So some may give money to pay for what they do as sins and go back and go and do the sin again. You know, some people do that. Okay? Right. Then there are some that will not give their money but will do the law of the word. You understand? I understand that. Then you got some that will do both. Okay. From the mid-70s to the early 80s, I was a member of Gospel Tabernacle Church. Church. Now, here's the bottom line. My mother, Phyllis Horton, made me go to church. Bishop Odell McCollum didn't say, oh, Brother Jones, you got to go, you got to go. That that was my mom. She made me get up every every Sunday morning. It's the parents and grandparents that be making kids go go to church church and stuff. Are you you trying to say that the parents are pimping their kids as well as the preachers pimping the uh, uh, church members? Because let's do a chain re- reaction thing, uh, uh, thing here. Okay, now we don't want to take it too far. We want to keep it on the subject of, you know, right. pimp, pimping in the pulpit. Right. You know, they even got this on YouTube, okay? They even got all of what you want to know on YouTube. Just log in at uh, 
preachers pimping in the pulpit, and they and and, and it'll log you up onto the YouTube where they have all of these issues that's being talked about. It's really a hot button. And what I'm saying is that you don't want to, you know, take it to the extreme. You want to keep it in the midst of where it's at. And where we're coming from is this, is that it happens. It's not, you know, it is not something that is, uh, that just, just started. It's been this way. It's been a business. Nonprofit is still a business because it still needs money to run it. On that part, I do agree with you on it. is a bit. Well, hold on. I'm going to go to the other caller. But I, before I do that, I want to take a break, okay? And we're going to uh, to the subject. And y'all stay on the line and don't move, okay? Because I am going to, uh, to, to have you to speak. So we'll be back, okay? Just a few here. We'll be back. Thank you. 
right, all right, we are back on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. I am your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and your co-host is Brother Blondie. We are talking about creatures pimping in the pulpit, and it is a hot-button topic. And, boy, it's been got heated up a little bit. Boy, is it hot in the house tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have heard about some preachers with questionable pimping behavior, Get in on this conversation. It's a hot button. Call in at the call-in number of 347-884-8684-347-884-8684. And, you know, to, to bring it down to a minimum because we need to get the other caller on the phone because I know that they can't wait to have something to say here. So I'm just going to sit and I'm going to say this that there was a quote from Harold Bell, and he was, uh, he was quoting, uh, well, on this particular Pastor Tide and Reverend Guinea, Pimpton from the pulpit in Orlando, and it is coming from the PineHillNews.com, and here is where a quote from the co- uh, columnist, Harold Bell, he is saying, preachers in our community have gone Hollywood. The only God most worships and trust is on a dollar bill. Most are too busy trying to build the biggest cathedral in the community instead of trying to build trust among its members, which that is a very true to statement. And we're going to call the next caller on the line, 9271, and with the area code two. Topic was too hot. I guess it must have been. Even I was muted on this one. I wonder what that's all about. Hello? Okay, now, you know, this is something. Um, I got muted and so did the caller. Uh-oh, the caller is back. Hold on just for a minute here. Let's see what this caller got to say. Caller, you are on the line, 9271 with the area code 425. You got something to say? Yeah. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. Try Give us time. something that you got to say. Yeah, Brother Blondie and Lardy Miss Clardy A. Woodman. Oh, hi, hey. Woodman. What's up, Woodman? Good, good. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. Well, as you know, we are talking on the subject of preachers pimping in the pulpit. Which has been, which I got, I'm sweating by the ground because it's been a hot button to talk about. It's going to raise a little blood pressure here and there. And, you know, what we were talking about was, uh, again, preachers pimping, okay? Pimping the congregation, pimping the body of Christ. Have you ever went through anything like that? Have you seen some of that in your time? Uh, not, not exactly, just from the TV, you know. <laughs> I guess that's one of the biggest times, huh? you know, the, tele, the televangelists. 
Yeah, I kind of, you flip through the the channels and it just kind of doesn't seem right. People asking for money like that or the big stadiums. Uh, They're just taking people's money and there's some stuff that looks like, you know, looks like fraud to me, but. Hey, that's what they're talking about right here. Uh, in, in these articles that I've been reading, all oh, there there is a um, there is a a post that was done by a uh, by a prophetess. Her name is Deborah A. Champion. She talks about pension prostitutes of the pool pit, and she said Jesus never told prophets to prophesy to folk over the telephone, on CDs, on prophetic lines, and charge people money. She said the devil is a lie. And three times on Sunday. How is it that God would give a telephone prophet for you and he'd not give a word for your fellow pastor for you? Then she goes on to say, prophets were raised up because pastors were not reproving, rebuking, or exhorting. It's like a building. You can never rebuild a building without tearing it down first. And then she goes on to say, are prophets called by God? Yes, she's saying. And she's also saying, hold on here, let me let me let me quiet this down for a minute. Um, if you if you got your uh, 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 speaker phone up too loud, turn it down so that you can uh, so there won't be no reverb over the over the uh, lines here. Now, and she she goes on to say that uh, healing and deliverance is available to all who believe. Jesus never charged anyone for healing or for deliverance. People of God, uh, do not be deceived. There are two types of prophets. There is the prophet gift in 1 Corinthians 12, which edifies, and there is the prophet mantle, which judge sin. Paul told Timothy in Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy 5 and 20, then that sin rebuked publicly that the others may fear. We were talking about the church, not the unsaved. So did she go on to say prophets? Stop pimping God's people. If you have the gift, edify the body. If you wear the mantle, judge sin. If you are really called, God will support your ministry. And so we, so where we were coming at with that is just basically, you know, um, people are being exposed. And when I say people, certain ministers or, or pastors or evangelists or bishops or whatever are being exposed and and being in the public eye about their millions of dollar homes and Lear jets and uh, uh, their cathedral churches and, you know, with 100,000 people in it and stuff like that, and they're trying to, and the FBI is on the watch. This is where we're at with this. And, you know, wonder, you know, uh, what can we tell the, the, the church goers that, you know, experience some of these things that may be happening in their churches, and they've been hush-mouthed about it, and they're scared to talk about it because they don't feel they got a home to go to other than the home where they're at. What, 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 what good thing or what can we tell them, you know, to make to soothe their hurting souls of the things or, or put the cool salve over their eyes from the stuff that they see in their church because, uh, of course, every uh, every minister and pastor and all, all of us are not perfect, but, you know, if you're not called to the ministry and there is a word that came out, which many are called but few are chosen, 
because I do believe those that are chosen, you know, their purpose is to show forth the true meaning of, of ministry to give to people without having have them pay you for it. What do you think? What can we say to these people? Uh, I, I first believe that we all have the right to freedom of religion, and we should believe in that as much as with the right to bear arms and free speech and even free press and all that. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a lot of people just taking advantage of the system. I mean, you guys are calling it pimping it from the pulpit. Um, I mean, you got, you got to take it to the extreme. I mean, look what they do with religion and, like, South African politics. There's people from the conservative movement that were basically saying, you know, it was God's will for the white to rule. And that's what the Bible said. And, you know, they're ruling their laws and their, their nation that way. You know, it was white, white minority rule in South Africa. So, I mean, that, that's what they did with religion and politics. So you come back here to the United States, there's just a lot of people making a lot of money on it. It just seems like a profitable venture, and even to the point that it costs a lot of money, and it just kind of shows you how filtered the media is, because they don't even talk mm-hmm. about the, uh, the Catholic Church and, and, like, their pedophilia and all that. Right. Well, and, and, and caller, caller number one, 6272, what you have to say that will be able to soothe the, the salve of the eye of the people that, that go into these churches and they see what they see or they're not, some getting something out of it and some may not be getting anything out of it and just do not know what to do and need, you know, an encouraging word to get up and move. It's almost like, you know, a man and a woman get together for a while and they find out a few deceits about each other, and next thing you know, they got to make up their mind if they're going to stay in the lie or move on to find better truths. What do you think about that, 6272? Well, you know, this is something that's gone on for over 1,700 years. So, you, you know, what you're dealing with, is, you know, I really even hate to put it in the, you know, to even compare it to what I'm about to say, but that's almost like the Pavlov dog theory. You see, when you mm. teach, when you teach that way and you've teached it for centuries and centuries, then it would take at least half as long to break that. You won't teach an old dog new tricks. This has been going on for too many years, too many centuries, where they've used religion, like I said, to keep the masses docile, for control. You know, like I said, whatever your agenda was, you did it through religion. And it's been that way from the moment Constantine looked in the sky and saw a sign, he immediately took that sign and painted it on his shield. He made it a battle flag, and he used it, you know, for his benefit because he needed an alliance. I mean, so what I'm saying is before you can stop it, it's not something that you're going to get through to in this generation, in the next generation. Probably the only thing that would clear the human mind of religion is if we find life on another planet. You understand? (laughs) If we find an extraterrestrial being, then you can strip all of that nonsense about the supreme being that you've been beating into mankind for thousands of years. You know, okay. in reality, that would be the only thing, because as of right now, you know, that's, like I said, it's centuries and centuries of religion 
So it, it's not something that's going to go away overnight. Even if you sit mm-hmm. down and try and, and show them, like he was talking about, uh, you know, how, how to rule, how the religion was used, the Bible was used to say whites should rule in South Africa. Well, right now, when I brought up the family, the C Street family in Uganda, these people are actually trying to use religion to say that homosexual men should be executed. So, I mean, still in today, in the 21st century, they're using the Bible as an instrument, a conduit for their agenda. And then usually their agenda is hate. Or profit. I'm going to just ask two questions. What's the difference between spirituality and religion? Uh, are you asking me? Yeah, anybody that can answer. Okay, well, see, the, it, actually, spirituality is a sense uh, you, to me. Now, this is my opinion or my interpretation of what you're asking. To me, spirituality is a sense. It can be achieved. To be a spiritual person doesn't mean you have to have religion. Okay? It, it really, I would say, would consist of your wisdom and your, your willingness to be open-minded. You know, because the universe is a powerful thing. See, mind you, with religion, when religion was created or formed, they also believed that the earth was flat that you would sail to the horizon and fall off, okay? But don't we know better than that today? Remember, the earth was the center of the universe and everything evolved around it as opposed to what we know it to be today where the sun is the center of the universe and we evolve around the sun. So, you know, spirituality is being willing to accept, you know, all the elements. Understand that there is a power greater than you, but don't speak verbatim for it. Don't make a painting of him, and don't think that you have been created in his image. Okay. So when you go to religion, you're accepting all of the doctrine and everything that someone else, you're actually taking someone else's rendition or interpretation or words. You know, the Bible, like I, I like to say, the Bible is the creative imagination of an intelligent but primitive mind. Because they were searching searching for answers. Now, I'm going to stop you right there because I want to go to the second caller, 9271. What is your uh, understanding of what is spirituality and religion? Do you you have a comment on that? That's a question. Yeah, I think your previous caller said it well. Um, Basically, you kind of look at like uh, Native Americans, um, you know, they're, they're a different religion. Before Christianity mm-hmm. came here, so I, mm-hmm. you kind of take a look at how they're spiritual, uh, and then you can take a look at uh, you know religion as a whole. Um, I don't know if that was religion as much as you know that they worship you know Mother Nature. I mean, okay. one is religion, and one is what they're practicing, you know, and that's their spirituality. So I, that's how I see it. I, I want to answer your question on that too, Bobby. Go ahead, go ahead, brother, brother Blondie. Go you, ahead. You, you, you know, the difference I see between spirituality and re- religion, mm-hmm. no, spirituality is something you can't, you cannot under any circumstances, even if you want to, hide behind. People hide behind religion all the time. time. You, 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 you have people who say I don't 
want to be forced into going to church and all that type stuff, yet when they get in trouble with the law, that judge, the judge sends you to a certain amount of years in prison and slam down that gavel, all of a sudden you're church. <laughs> all, all, all of a sudden you 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 you've seen the light. Oh, I like church now, and 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 and, and all those type things. But that, that's the difference I see between religion and spirituality. People hide behind religion all all the time. Okay. Where where when you feel that spirit, you want you you embrace it. You you explore it. You want to share it with everybody. As the but but yeah 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 open yeah yes very uh uh very open and, 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 and you know which was why uh Lardy Miss Clardy I played that song from Webby uh, Independent. He was spelling the letters I N D E P E N D E N T. You know what that that means because unfortunately the preachers that do that is in the business just for the money. Mm-hmm. Those are the type of women that they that they want to get. That you know the independent woman, mm-hmm. the the type of woman that says I don't need no 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 man, and and she's going to get get that money mm-hmm. be, because she enjoys the fact that that ordained minister sees her as as independent. He sees her as as strong. And yes, I do see, uh, you, you know, interpretations where you 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 know a preacher does uh, manipulate, but at at the same time, people, and, and you know, this is where where I be. This is where I dispute everyone on 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 this. And you you know you you know Pastor uh, uh, Pastor Mike Reese has gone on. Uh, uh, talk shows and and you know talking about re, re, religion and all. And I asked him, I asked him, Mark, 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 I asked ordained ministers who has churches this question all the time. Mm-hmm. Why should I come to your house and worship a man you say is everywhere? If God is everywhere, like you say, I could be in the privacy of my own home, reading my own book. I can. Uh, I don't have to go to church and 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 hear. Uh, um, I'm going out the yonder. I I I don't I don't have to do uh, do that. I mean, I could be I could be right at uh, uh, right right at home, which once again brings brings my my point point people. It is a choice. You can get. get if you're willing to stand up, speak up, and speak out on all the other issues, then you also have the right to stand up, speak up, and uh, speak out. And 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 the real problem is, Lardy Miss Clardy, the people who give their tithes and all that, they don't ask questions. And usually, when you give your money to to a politician, and he's not doing his job. You you definitely going to ask that politician questions. Why why aren't you doing it? So you, mm-hmm. we're not holding we're not holding the pastors accountable for and, and you know and being um, 
we're not holding them accountable. Is that what you're saying? Ab- we're holding absolutely okay. no. We're, 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 yeah, and, and no, we're not holding them account, uh, uh, accountable. Now, it's easy to hold them accountable when it when, when it when it comes to to uh, uh, cheating and and indiscretions and all that stuff. But you, you but you know, it's another thing to question where their money goes or where their heart is. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Blondie. Um, definitely, this has been a very interesting topic. And, you know, I'm going to bring this up again because we ain't finished with this topic because there's so much more that, that to this topic that what meets the eyes. And, and I believe that we're going to achieve a understanding you know, I say after maybe one uh, subject of this, uh, uh, one more, you know, one more talk of this subject, which I'm going to do this next week because there's more here. I mean, I did a lot of research, and I would like to, again, make sure that uh, uh, we, 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 we touch on this subject because this is the reason why our communities don't trust each other. This is why uh, we will not stand up for one another, because we've been hushed now for so long. Even, even when it comes to ourselves, we have, we have really, really uh, been really bad towards one another because we don't even help each other like we're supposed to. We can't even come together to rally up to do NAACP stuff. And that's a ministry, too, of people power coming together. Just like the churches, they can rally up and come together to go to church. But when it comes to dealing with difficult issues and stuff that will free one's, one's mind, one's soul, one's, one's life, one's material things, we can't even come together. And the NAACP, you know, is asking for our voice, support, and volunteerism and which is needed to continue to fight for justice in the community. Now, our pastors, some of them, are doing it, and most of them are not because their hands are stuck in the government money too, just like in the 501c3 money, okay? But nevertheless, we need to come together. The question that I am going to ask offside of the NAACP, we need to, we really need that organization. You know, if we believe in what we believe in, then we should believe to come together and be members and come together and roll over some of these people we need to hold as accountable for their leadership and what they're doing to the people, whether it's victimizing them or defrauding them. That's in every area, okay? Now, the question that I'm going to propose to both you two callers, and Brother Blondie, you can answer to it if you want to. Do you believe that the church should spend more time on spiritual spirituality or on religion? Go ahead. Well, I, honestly, to me, um, the church, uh, you know, the church is, uh, so that's a real touchy subject with me. I think the church should mind their business. That's what I think they should do. Is that, is that that's what I really think about the church. The church should mind their business. The, the church don't need to 
I, you know, I don't know what you mean, how can you be religion or spirituality when it comes well, to a as, church? As you see, okay, well, hold on. As you see, religion is a ritual. Spirituality is what you would call open-minded, open and, and free from rituals. You understand what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. if, if the church, let's say the church that goes into the church building, that goes to sit to hear a sermon, the sermon should not be around rituals or around, uh, around gathering money. But well, rather, wait. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Ms. Cardi, but... That that already happened a, a millennium and a half ago. They called it the Protestant Reformation. Okay, okay. That's, that's what started all of that. Well, hold on, hold on, and that's all right. But nevertheless, history got to repeat itself. Well, see, actually, okay. We got to do something because religion is not helping us. You see what religion is doing. Uh, right, but listen, um. Topic that I'm sure that's going on. Hello. No, we're here. We're we're listening to you. Oh. What I am saying. It sounded it sounded like I was echoing. No, you're not echoing. What I am saying is this: Should the church, the people? I ain't talking about the church where the people go to. I'm talking about the people. Should they go back to basics? To do the simple things in life that Jesus will purport, that Jesus purported in the Bible when he was walking in the things that he was doing. He wasn't, he wasn't spending money and he wasn't getting no money. It, but he was going from house to house to house, you know, giving good tidings, speaking a good on time word, and they were feeding, and he didn't want for nothing. And all he did was just go around speaking and, you know, giving himself as a sacrifice to those that needed his help, whether it was just personal. You understand what I'm saying? Personal help, you know, whether it was to heal, to pray, whatever. But I've never saw in the reading of my time reading the Bible where Jesus was, was, was uh, you know, uh, was filthy rich. He was already rich. <laughs> uh, I mean, in terms of spirituality and religion, I I do think churches need to be more spirituality than religion because as much as uh, politics and courts don't want this to happen, religion ain't nothing but a bunch of politics at the end of the day. day. That means a lot of these churches, a lot of these preachers, you, you you know if you're gonna if you're gonna give if you're gonna give an offering and and actual offerings and all that okay fine I can't stop you from do, do, doing that but here's when I am gonna challenge uh, preachers 
that do have these fancy churches uh, to do. They need to do more of following your playbook, Lordy Miss Cardi, in terms of standing up, speaking up, and speaking out against these youth violence, judicial fraud, how how the police turn their back on on black on black crime. They need to stand up, speak up, and speak out for innocent victims being killed by gang members and all that. Instead instead of only standing up for gang members who get shot and killed by the police, it seems like that's the only time you you see uh, preachers all of a sudden come in front of the uh, uh, cam- camera. We don't need no more Al Sharpton, Louis Farrakhan type grandstanding. Standing. We we need these men and women who are preaching God, who is preaching the gospel, to follow more your lead and work in the grassroots instead of hiding behind some big old house with stained glass and steeples. Now, that's what I'm talking about, um, caller, when I say that the church needs to go back to basics, which is to deal with the grassroots. Everybody needs to come out. Say, like, for instance, they threw out the bag on Bible, and they burnt all the Bibles up, okay? And now you ain't got no book to follow. And the only book you got to follow is the book right within you, which is the kingdom, which is of God, which is you. And your duty is to be out here in the grassroots community doing spiritual offerings, helping people rather than um, rather than take your money and, you know, to sit there and pay for your sins because nobody wants you to uh, realize that you got them to repent from them and then do the right thing as the Bible would say do. None of us never does anyway. But nevertheless, you know, if you are a chosen you have to abide by it whether you like it or not or you get towed up. But the point that I'm saying is that should the church, the people, go back to basics where the village was helping themselves, each one teach one, uh, you know, the village, you know, uh, raising children, you know, um, uh, it should go back to, you know, where things used to be before it's gotten this far. Again, like Jesus did. It was plain and simple what he did in the Bible. I have never seen Jesus do any of the things I'm reading up on and hearing about in this day and time. So something has happened where spirituality was put on the back burner and religion took a front. And so from this, this is why I'm asking, should this body, which is the church, the people, go back to grassroots? And, and live simply. That's frightening to me. Why? To me, personally, I believe that's frightening. Because, first off, in this country alone, you want, I don't know how far back you're thinking about going with it, but the separation of church and state is a necessity. Oh, well, we yes, know yes. that. But so the idea right of now. even thinking no that. There's no necessity now. You hear what I'm saying? Because the church have now bought into taking federal funds from the state. That's why most of them cannot speak, dare not to speak up and speak against some of the corruption that's going on. They can't even come out on on a small level to speak out against civil rights issues or any other things that grassroots 
can provide. So most of us can't even uh, 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 go into the, the uh, religion secular turf and, and, and speak up because we fear that if we do this, that we won't be able to speak up either because somebody got your tongue by money. Jesus wasn't gotten by money. That's why he was able to say all the stuff that he said, even though he died for it, just like Martin Luther King did. You know what I'm saying? But he couldn't be bought. That's if you believe that. Well, I believe it. I believe it only because it has kept me out of trouble many a times. I'd rather die for the truth than die, you know, because I was getting paid and happened to say something I ain't had no business saying. Well, I, I, I think I'm missing the the point you're trying to make because I'm I'm really not grasping what you're trying to say as far as what the church can do. To make things better, it's not the church responsibility. It's really yes, not. It it's it's it mankind's responsibility. It's man's responsibility. I totally agree with you. No, it's not. Listen, what you're saying is, is you know, you missed everything I said. The idea that you know, see, religion is a, a belief. It's not a matter of fact. Just because the Bible no, says it, don't mean ritual. that it's true. It's not a belief. It's a ritual. Well, yeah, so. yeah, but I know some of the some of the people that are Christian, some of the, the best people you ever meet. And, you know, it just kind of comes down to, I see the people are doing what they need to do. I've gone to 37 states and, like, down into Mexico, and you see the very Catholic people, some of the most religious people you ever meet. And, um, you know, they're good people, but I think uh, they use the, the church for with an agenda, and it is dangerous. It is brainwashed. But the people are doing what they need to do. You can see you can see people who are you know good for their word and people who are honest and you know deeply into the religion. And like I said, some of the most best people you ever meet. Right. But but my question is, if these preachers are brainwashing these church members into they got to get out somehow into giving out their gotta, time. Into giving out their money. Get the truth to them so they can move. Find another church home. Somebody that's doing something, you know, other than, you know, just looking good. Yeah, especially in Columbus, O-H-I-O, the state where it's high in the middle and round on both ends. No, how about in the the nation of America? Because I, I think you're missing the point. Do you realize that the United States is the only Western civilization, industrialized nation, where more people actually believe in the creation in the Bible than the other Western civilizations or industrial nations? Do you know that more people here in America actually believe in the rapture percentage-wise than any other modernized nation? So I mean, exactly what you're saying. And so I mean, this is why they got the teller. That's why they got the teller uh, uh, services. Well, you know what I think? Fraud is a crime. You should lock them up. That's what you should do. You should lock all the criminal preachers, all the criminal clergymen up, because fraud is a crime. That's what you should do. That's how you fix it. That and once you show these people that this guy is a crook, and he going to jail. 
And the next guy that step up, if he's a crook, he's going to jail too. Okay, but it's like I said, you got centuries of, of this being used as a tool to manipulate. Nobody, but they have put pimps away, put things away, but they'll never do this to the pastor. I mean, even though that they done made, made sex with the daggone, you know, kids, that right there is child abuse. If it was us, we would have been in jail, you know, but those that have sex with the kids up in there and being pastors, what they do, get rid of them and, 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 and exile them or something like that, but they ain't going to jail. And this is what I was saying. Do you think, you know, because the people that are there in the pulpit, I mean, in, in the seat sitting, that see these type of things that may be going on, what can we do or what words can be said for them to start speaking up and moving out the way? Because you can't just sit there because that's the only church you know. You know what I'm saying? Then you got to be able to make a move, but because of the brainwashing, it makes it kind of hard for them. They don't know what to do. So... You know, we, there's a whole lot that we can say, and I only got the eight minutes that's left, but I definitely want to come back onto the show for next Saturday, and we're going to pick this back up again because it needs to be dealt with. We need to talk about this, especially just what you just said, caller, that they need to go to jail. Now, the, it's high time that the law stands even for those that call themselves uh, preachers of the law of God. Big tax shelter. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what we really need to do. We need to truly upgrade our education system, educate our children, teach them the difference between reality and play play. Okay? You know, like Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy don't exist. You understand what I'm saying? Let's be real about some things. Earth is four and a half billion years old. Stop fooling around with that jive. If the first book is wrong, all of it's wrong. It's a belief. Okay, it was something to believe in. As long as you badger them with that. Listen, America at one time used to be the number one nation in the world for education. We were one of the wealthiest. Now we're dropping down 16, 17, 24th when it comes to educating our children. Why don't we teach them reality, the facts? Okay, upgrade our education system, then they won't believe or they'll, they'll be able to, to make a better mental be decision for themselves. They can't be misled. Well, you know, let's, let's get back on it next week. I am going to uh, take this break. I only got the six minutes left, but we're going to take this break, and, you know, and we're going to come back. And, you know, I'll give, you know, a couple, you know, one minute for both of you to speak you know, what you want to say, and then we're going to have to close it up, and we're going to resume it for next week. So be ready and prepare, those out there that's listening, for the continuation on preachers pimping, pimping in the pulpit, okay? So um, I will be right back, okay? Just, just hold on there. We'll be back.
back. Thank you for listening to the Lardy Best Party Blog Talk Radio Show this evening. And we are going to this subject back on pastors and preachers pivoting in the pulpit again for next Saturday at 10. And for all of those, all the callers that, that's out there, you know, we want to thank you for being on the show and also for uh, voicing your opinions and also giving some different options of thinking um, because truly our community and people do perish for the lack of knowledge, and we definitely need to start some type of, um, we need to start some type of educational piece in order for them to have an option uh, to a way of thinking because as it looks, there is no option. And so for the last bit of time that we have left, uh, both callers that are on the line, if you have anything else that you want to say, you've got to say it in 30 seconds apiece. Yeah, I like your show. Um, you stand up for justice and the truth, and um, certainly was an interesting topic last week and this week. You know, talked about the judicial matters last week, and just um, – I think you're arriving at the truth, and I think as long as people keep going that direction and stay with the truth, and, you know, there's something to be said about the dual-edged sword, you know, sacerdotium regnum, it's Latin for uh, the dual-edged sword, keep the religion and politics uh, separate. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Thank you. Caller number one, anything you want to say? Well, I'll just give you some, uh, the audience some words for thought. Remember. Everyone is born atheist until they're converted against their will long before they're old enough to make a rational decision of their own. Keep that in mind when you think about religion. Thank you. And thank you both for coming on to the show, and we will see you next Saturday.
p.m. for we will be talking about the other side of racial injustice, the saga, NAACP updates, preachers pimping in the pulpit, and any other judicial misconduct concerns. And for this evening, don't forget to stand up, speak up, and speak out because we need people like you. Have a wonderful evening, and thank you for listening to the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. Good night, everybody. Merry Christmas. Good night. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. To you all and to all.